to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend 5 to 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, which I then turn into a concise 15 to 30-minute summary and analysis. There's a summary episode every week, as well as standalone episodes that are either me sharing an idea on a topic or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold, to keep you up to date on the absolute latest in security and technology, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 236. Starting off with security news, French authorities cracked an encrypted network used by criminals called EncroChat. Listen to what was being said by thousands of the people using the network and use that information to make what looks like to be hundreds of arrests for crimes such as murder, transporting drugs, robbery, extortion, and kidnapping. EncroChat uses a local encryption, basically on modified Android phones, and it had become kind of a go-to solution to safely discussing crimes where authorities couldn't observe the conversations. And it appears that the French authorities basically built a piece of Android malware and got it installed on a bunch of these systems in order to break the encryption. And once the people using the system found out that they were basically cracked, they freaked out and started telling each other and kind of went underground. But many, many arrests came out of this. F5's Big IP has a vulnerability with a CVSS score of 10 out of 10. And an attacker can basically send malicious HTTP traffic to take full admin control of a Big IP system. And given the placement and function of these devices, attackers can then do some pretty nasty stuff like deleting files, altering services, taking down services, intercepting data, and of course, pivoting to other targets. So if you have any big IP devices, you definitely want to patch if you haven't already. The DHS is looking to implement algorithms to crawl social media, looking for state-level efforts to influence the 2020 election. And of course, there's only a short number of months before the election sort of spins up. So the Office of Intelligence and Analysis Cyber Mission Center, long name, is asking vendors to submit proposals on how they can help do this. At least 31 U.S. businesses are being targeted with wasted locker ransomware led by the Russian group called Evil Corp. India has banned 59 Chinese apps, including TikTok, Weibo, and WeChat. As China's new security rules start to take effect in Hong Kong, many people in Hong Kong are going through and completely purging their social media accounts. They're either deleting a whole bunch of stuff or taking down their accounts altogether because they are pretty sure with good reason that the authorities are going to be looking at those accounts and uh, docking people points, maybe investigating them, and maybe worse. So people are getting really freaked out about it. Florida has enacted the nation's first DNA privacy law, prohibiting insurers from using DNA data for coverage decisions. Pretty interesting and surprising coming out of Florida. 
actually. I would have thought, I don't know, Massachusetts or California or somebody. Putin has successfully pushed a law saying he can rule until 2036. There was actually a vote on it, and people were going to the polls. They actually closed the polls five hours early and said that he had won. Which, I guess, if you own the polls, you could do things like that. The U.S. Defense Department says 20 of China's top technology companies are either owned or backed by the Chinese government. And it appears this call-out is basically setting up additional potential sanctions against those companies. I mean, I think the the Reddit conversation around this was fairly <laughs> obvious and enlightening. They were like, well, yeah, I guess this is formally declaring it, but didn't we already know this? Vulnerabilities, quite a few this week. So we talked about the F5 Big IP and the CVSS 10 RCE there via HTTP. Palo Alto has released critical security updates for PanOS. Microsoft has released emergency updates for Windows 10 and Windows Server. Cisco releases updates to eight different products. A bunch of them look like communication suite type products, but it's a whole set of them, so check the list. Netgear is going through a patching phase for tens of different products. Linksys is also updating a whole bunch of their routers. So if you have any Linksys gear, you want to definitely try to apply updates. And Samba has released security updates for a set of vulnerabilities, some of which enable full system takeover. Breaches. A database of 384,000 UK BMW customers is being sold on the dark web. And companies, Hunters.ai is a threat hunting company, and they just raised $15 million in a Series A. Technology news. A number of outlets are highly recommending the DJI Mavic Air 2 as the drone to get for most people right now. Consumer level, of course. Basically, better camera, better software, and longer flight times seem to be the main attractions. And if... I don't know. I was looking at the article and it seems like if you're kind of holding on, waiting for the next decent jump in drones and at a good price point, sounds like this might be the one. DJI Mavic Air 2. Just keep in mind, it is a Chinese company. So a lot of people aren't using them for super sensitive stuff, but I think for consumer uses, this is probably the way to go. Tesla delivered around 91,000 vehicles in Q2, which is far more than people expected. And its stock, which I own some of, by the way, has pushed to an all-time max on the news. And Tesla is now worth more than Toyota, placing it as the most valuable car company in the world. Just surreal what is going on with their stock. And driving around the Bay Area over the holiday weekend, we just saw truckload after truckload of Tesla's heading to the terminals, uh, to the ports to be shipped out. They had long license plates, so it looked like they were heading to Europe, but yeah, they're just, uh, they're just doing it. And it's a local company for me, right? It's the factories literally on the street where I grew up. So I'm definitely happy to see them doing well. SpaceX successfully launched a GPS three space vehicle for the U.S. Space Force, which 
for some reason, I naively thought was more theoretical than it evidently is. I don't know why I didn't know this, but turns out the U.S. Space Force is a thing. It's official now, and it actually owns all in-space GPS assets, which used to belong to the Air Force. They got transferred over. I don't know how I missed it. The fact that the U.S. Space Force is a real thing, and it's it's a done deal. I mean, I knew it was kind of a done deal, but I didn't know it was like really, really done. Tesla's also evidently working on a 12-seater electric van to work in conjunction with the Boring Company. I think there's only like one tunnel. Might be in LA or something. I don't know. I haven't looked too much into the Boring Company. I felt like it was a paused project, but I don't know. Evidently not. MIT was forced to pull its database of 80 million labeled images that was designed to help with machine learning research. But many of the labels were recently discovered by a researcher in a really cool paper to be sexist and racist and just pretty nasty. So MIT had to go in and pull down the database and they apologized. And this seems to happen when people try to do public research around AI. It just finds the nastiest components of human behavior and just kind of throws it in our faces and forces us to pull down those projects. Quite interesting phenomenon. Keeps happening over and over, like with the Microsoft bots and multiple other examples. Companies, Uber is buying Postmates for $2.65 billion in stock. VMware is purchasing Last Line. Google just bought a smart glasses company called North. And personal capital has sold to Empower. Human news. About half of the U.S. population right now is unemployed. And that's just people who are actually looking for work. So if you count people who aren't looking and are officially out of the workforce, the numbers for total non-workers are much higher. I'm not sure anyone has those exact numbers, but the fact that Of the people looking, 50% don't have jobs, 50% unemployment. That's staggering. What's more staggering is how well the stock market is doing despite that fact. COVID seems to have massively exacerbated America's problem with drug overdoses. Suspected incidents jumped 18% in March, 29% in April, and 42% in May. It appears... Older people can significantly improve their color vision by staring daily at red light. And I believe this is like people who are over 40, people who are over 65. The study was fairly small and they did it on people as young as 28. And the younger people didn't seem to get much benefit. But older people got benefit in their ability to discern colors. And it was like a 20% increase. And it was just looking at a super cheap red light for three minutes a day. Kanye West has announced he's running for president in 2020, and I normally wouldn't mention such things, but the world is strange enough right now that this might actually matter. Google has produced an enormous digitized version of The Last Supper by Da Vinci, and they did so using a new proprietary ultra-high-resolution camera. Got the link to it here in the show notes. 
So it appears a major risk factor for COVID is coming from Neanderthal DNA, which is probably a problem for me, according to 23andMe, because evidently I have a lot of that stuff. Seems to be popular or common in uh, Norwegian DNA, which I have a decent amount of. SF one-bedroom rent prices dropped 12% year-over-year in June. Developers are starting to take a look at failed malls as a place to build apartments and community spaces. I guess it already was a community space, right, in a way. But less retail, more community spaces and apartments. Makes sense, right? Because malls are already centrally placed in a city or a town. So it makes sense that you'd have apartments there. Boeing is stopping production of the iconic 747. And the last one will be made around two years from now. And then they're done. Ideas, trends, and analysis. When the plague killed one-third of the population in Europe, the rich got significantly richer. And there's concern and evidence that the same could happen with the fallout from COVID. Seems to be happening already. Actually, I mean, we just talked about 50% unemployment. I mean, it's still early on, but 50% unemployment in the stock market is doing amazing. Seems like the upper and lower have kind of bifurcated completely. The UN says we're losing $10 billion of precious metals in electronic waste every year. America has a serious problem with essential worker versus disability wages. Got an NPR story here of someone who was working really hard. They were, you know, on the front lines, basically an essential worker in some sort of, you know, frontline industry, restaurants, that sort of thing, service industries. And they got sick and their check that they got for disability was higher than what they were doing, you know, completely busting their butts every day. And this is just really bad for incentives for people to work if the government is paying you more to do nothing. So this continues to exacerbate the conversation around, okay, are we paying people enough? Do we need to pay them hazard pay? But I mean, that's not a real solution, right? Because eventually it won't be a hazard. It'll just be normal. And the fact is you just can't pay people more to do nothing than to do something. It just seems super obvious to me. How Technology Changes Our Brains, really cool article here that talks about a few different books, but it reminds me a lot of the book I read called Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Postman. And essentially what it talked about is we used to have these super long dialogues where it was just, you would go and hear people speak for, you know, four hours, six hours, eight hours for a day. You're just hearing two people, you know, dialectically do combat in front of you. And that would be entertainment, right? Then, then you have newspapers, then you have radio, you have all these different ways of taking in input. And what Postman's idea was, is that as the media advances, it makes it easier for the human. And as it makes it easier for the human, you actually interact less with the content. And what this article is also talking about is the same thing, which is basically when you make it easier for someone to consume content the medium actually matters more than the content itself. In other words, if we're doing texts and TikTok videos, it really doesn't matter what you're showing. You can have the best possible content 
in those mediums and it still won't engage with the mind and really enrich the mind as much as if you had a long form medium and, you know, even worse content, you would still be engaging with the mind more and producing a more rich, you know, intellectual environment for the consumer. And it's quite, I don't know, it's quite bleak because I don't see the mediums regressing. I mean, it would be progressing, but regressing in format away from this bite-sized consumption model that we have. I mean, people are busy. They want to consume things quickly. And essentially, these technology companies have figured out how the brain works and figured out the whole, you know, pull the slot machine handle concept. And they understand dopamine pushes. They understand, you know, reward centers in the brain. And we've basically hacked media to engage with those receptors in our brains, right? And that, of course, is tied to the advertisement industry, which is benefiting from that that connection there, the receptor and the stimuli. So it's really hard to go backwards from that to, you know, Lincoln debating, you know, someone he's running against and people will go and listen for four hours in the morning to them debate. They'll go away for lunch. They'll come back and listen for another four hours. That's one of the things talked about in Postman's book. And it's like, who would do that today? Like there are people who work at C-SPAN who wouldn't do that today. I mean, most people, right? So are, are we basically advancing ourselves into this regressed state and did all the previous good things that we did in the world hinge upon this longer form media that we had before that enabled content and ideas and real curiosity to engage the brain and enrich us? And have we lost that because we now have these mediums that are just all based on quick hit dopamine pushes. And if the answer is yes, then, I mean, I don't know what we're going to do there. I mean, essentially you're going to have people fragmenting off and like becoming sort of ludites and going back to newspapers and long form debates and kind of completely eschewing all the technology advances, but they're going to throw away a lot of baby in, in that water purge there and, if, and potentially, you know, make some bad choices around, you know, maybe being violent around that as well, right? Not knowing the difference between what's dangerous and what isn't about the technology, maybe discarding too much of it and maybe doing so in a, in a forceful way. So I'm, once again, it's an opportunity for fragmentation. It's an opportunity for people saying, we, we don't want what we've built when there's a lot of good that came from what we built with all this technology. So who's really an authority to say what is healthy and what isn't. And because there isn't really that clarity, a lot of people are just going to say, you know what? I don't want any of it, but really interesting concept here. Again, I recommend this article, which is in the newsletter this week, but I also recommend the book amusing ourselves to death by Neil Postman, which talks about this extensively. And Renee DeResta got me thinking this weekend about how interesting it is that companies like Facebook 
are advertising companies that specialize in dividing people into extremely small groups. And then, of course, selling to those groups with extreme accuracy. But given that, it shouldn't really surprise us that social media is breaking us apart. Because the platforms that are built, that, that have built social media into this big thing, are fundamentally advertising platforms. And those fundamentally sit upon the concept of micro segmentation. And so my response to this on Twitter just now was it's almost like technologies that excel at breaking people into groups tend to break people into groups. So, I mean, what if advertising platforms by their very nature and therefore social media platforms by their very nature are inevitably going to break us apart because that's just what they do. Thought it was an interesting idea. Updates. I'm halfway done with the UL Book Club's book of the month, which is Burn In. And yeah, I'm halfway through and it's it's actually getting better. Quite a bit of really interesting tech dystopia stuff here. Really very much in line with what we talk about on the show all the time in the newsletter and podcast and in the Slack channel. I mean, it, it's really just a giant collection of the topics that we talk about all the time. And most of our members are thinking about all the time. And it's just wrapped into a casing of futuristic fantasy. So that's the vibe we were going for with the book selection this month. And uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. And I'm also working on my outline for my DEF CON talk on automating recon. Discovery. John Gruber was advertising Yes Please Coffee on his site. So I was like, whatever. Just did a whole bunch of coffee discovery. Tried like 15 different things out. Ended up with Phil's. Honestly, it's just the best. And the roasters in Oakland. So I'm a huge Phil's fan. Tesora and Filtered Soul are my favorites. But anyway, I bought a bag of it. It's called Yes Please PLZ. And I'll let you know how it is for the coffee folks in the community. And I just found out that one of our community is actually a roaster. And yeah, I, I was thinking about getting into that as well. You get a one bedroom apartment. I don't know. I feel like it's not ideal for roasting coffee. But who knows? If this thing keeps going on, um, I'm going to be willing to try lots of stuff. Four-year compensation package comparisons. It's another article here. Four phases of an offensive security maturity model. Really like that one. An AWS security maturity roadmap. A visual of API accounts by AWS service. An introduction to reverse engineering with Ghidra. I'm going to be checking that one out. Have that open in a separate window. John Maynard Keynes on Newton, the man, read this whole essay. It was fantastic. Basically, they're saying he's not the first scientist. He's the last alchemist, basically, is kind of the way I took it, or the last magician, which I really like that vibe. Let Me Out, Rob Fuller's egress testing tool is my buddy Rob, this uh, known as Mubix in the community, and he's got a tool called Let Me Out. I wrote a tool like this as well called Egression. Um, 
Cloud Ranges, a repository of various companies' cloud ranges. So their IP ranges in the cloud. So this is like whatever, Azure, AWS, GCP, etc. And AWS Cloud Guru, AWS's AI-based code reviewing tool. Recommendation of the week. I just ordered one of these Resolute Tools X1 Ultralight Titanium Knives. It's basically this super sick looking titanium case. Like a, um, it's like an open shell. It's just like super flat thing. And a regular utility razor blade just slides into it. And you don't need any tools to change it out. So it's basically a razor blade you're carrying around with yourself. A utility blade. But it's in this crazy, you know, whatever. Adamantium, you know, unobtainium titanium case. And it just looks super slick. It's like 150 bucks. So it's crazy expensive. But I don't really like the one that I currently have, which is my EDC, which is also a utility blade based knife from Gerber. It's just a little bit too heavy. It's just, I don't like ha having that much knife on me anymore. So this thing looks cool. Looks super light. Um, so I bought one. Let you know also if I like that. And the aphorism for the week. The further backward you can look, the farther forward you are likely to see. The farther backward you can look, the farther forward you are likely to see. Winston Churchill. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. I believe inserted ads are not just annoying, but that their business model is toxic to content creation. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. UL members get the newsletter every week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we share ideas and links about the topics we discuss here. And they also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmisro.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already done so. Each of you is participating in the direct model of creator support that is helping this show survive and grow. And I greatly appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Thank you.